This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Canada's assisted death program seems to be the story now that keeps giving, and that doesn't necessarily, uh, is not a good thing. But it's growing at such a pace, apparently, that now doctors are not so much willing to take part in it. And when you look at the program starting in 2016, so look back to those numbers, they had a 1,000 Canadians who chose to end their lives And now in 2022, that number is over 31,000 Canadians, with 10,000 of those Canadians choosing death in the year of 2021 alone. That's quite an explosion. And the program is now expanding to include the mentally ill. Some groups out of Quebec are asking that gravely ill babies be added. But the program itself was initially designed after a, a, you know, the country's top court ordered it, it was, to, it was put in place to stop the, the pain and suffering of those with a terminal illness. And for all of those warnings that, you know, that were sloughed off by, <clears throat> you know, proponents of this, that there was no slippery slope. Well, we are on a slippery slope because we've been hearing numerous stories, whether it's people with disabilities or those who are too poor to pay their bills who are now turning to this. As, as a solution because their life is miserable, which is not what the program was set up for. And so doctors who are trained to save lives are starting to opt out because of a burnout, but because of the increased legal risks and the moral hazards related to the ever-widening eligibility. Let us bring Dr. Carrie Bowman into this conversation, a bioethicist with the University of Toronto. Great to have you again. Happy to be back. <clears throat> This has um, this program has really kind of taken on a life of its own, and I think only now we seem to be seeing the headlines that shock people. You know, the one headline that Global News reported where a, a veteran with PTSD was recommended, well, hey, you know, we could give you assisted death. Again, when you have mental illness or a, a, a non-life debilitating disease, this is not what the program was set up for. Now. So I think there is 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 a legitimate concern and, and discomfort with the fact that there don't really seem to be guardrails on something that very much needs a guardrail. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, it has expanded a great deal. And look, in the early days, a lot of people thought medical assistance in dying, it's a social change. There'll be an adjustment period. You know, there was with, the way there was with gay marriage. And yeah. I'm sure there's still a few people out there upset about gay marriage. But boy, no one's very interested these days at all. But it wasn't the same as we can see. And, and one of the reasons it wasn't the same is exactly, as you said in your intro, is, is the expansion. And now, you know, the social determinants of health, disability, vulnerability, what are we going to do with these factors? Um, I, I commend the media, actually, for keeping a very close eye on this, even though we're in difficult times, because uh, this is very much an issue for democracy. And so here's the thing. I think think that what will happen and it's beginning to happen is a lot of mm-hmm. this moral complexity is going to be pushed onto healthcare workers. And please yeah. remember that, you know, a willing provider is not some random statement. That's Canadian healthcare law and ethics. Mm-hmm. And what a willing provider means is exactly what it sounds to mean is you have to be a willing provider. So you could have absolutely full medical qualifications. And if you 
were to say, I am not interested, that is the end of the story. There is no obligation whatsoever, nor do you have to say that my reasons are training, personal, religious, not relevant. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what's happening here, the way I see it is a lot of very, you know, I'm a healthcare worker, so maybe I have a little bias here, but but a lot of the more complex ethical problems are being pushed back onto healthcare workers. And, and there are less doctors willing to do this. But look, in fairness, it's a complicated equation in which, you know, you've got people retiring. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. a general sort of contraction within the system. But I personally know, and look, this is anecdotal. It's not, it's not research-based. I personally know physicians that say this has gotten too morally complicated. I don't want to do it. And, sure. you know, I don't want to be dealing in the year 2025 with inqu- retrospective inquiries as to who did what in 2022, um, you know, because you never know what the future is going to bring. So I think a lot of what will lie ahead of us will turn on willing provider. And I, I don't know which way this is going to go. When we look at the fact that March of 23, which is not far away anymore, uh, will bring on mental health as a primary and, 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 you know, a primary reason for eligibility. Um, You know, so as a request for medical assistance in dying, um, many, many physicians are not very well trained at all in mental health. So that's going to narrow it by a lot. And um, we'll have to see, you know, if the system can absorb this. Yeah, but I mean, look, doctors, and they're in the business of saving lives, but they're also not in the business of having people suffer. So, But it's a fine balance. And I think there would be a lot of people in, in the, the medical profession who would feel very uncomfortable if a parent, let's say, came in and said, look, my baby's you know, got all these issues and it's just really hard for us, but I just think they'd be better if we, we, we just took their life. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of doctors who have a very, very big problem uh, doing that, taking that power and playing God, but also with a mentally hel- uh, ill patient. Um, there's mm. value to these lives. They, they might not be perfect or a disabled person. They may not be perfect, but they have value. And so I think when we don't have these guardrails up, we're putting doctors in the position of basically euthanizing people because they've given up hope, which is not what this program was set up for. No. And, and you know, <clears throat> with that, let's look at neonatology first, meaning babies. I've, I've worked in this domain a great deal. I do not think that even with the expansion of medical assistance in dying, and I know that report or that commentary came out from Quebec, I yeah. do not think it will ever go there. And I, I'm speaking professionally and personally, I don't think it ever yeah. should. Because the thing with those babies is there's nothing approximating consent. You have the consent of the parent, but you obviously can never have the consent of a baby. So right. it's very, very different. The challenge with mental health is that people ebb and flow in and out of of challenges with mental health. And in many Mm -hmm. cases, the people go through periods of full capacity where they're saying this is a very difficult life and I'm not willing to do it. So so that's a difference. But but the expansion is there. And I I'm really wondering which way this is going to go. And I you know, in a lot of ways. Because remember, physicians, and I was in the world of, of, you know, end of life in the years when this was legalized, this never happened because physicians said we need medical assistance in dying. Most of them were very opposed to it. This came from the Supreme Court of Canada, and then physicians sort of found their way with it. Um, My prediction is we will have a core amount of people that feel very strongly that this needs to be offered and that there'll probably be less and less availability. And that will create a lot of problems for, you know, because geographically we've got, this is a massive nation. Um, so that will create a lot of challenges. 
But, you know, this is what gets missed in the argument a lot is what about the ethics of the doctors? And this is where the spotlight is going to shine over the next six months or a year, I think. Yeah, no question about it. I know that uh, Patty Hyde, you... um I think if not for those comments from that Quebec group suggesting and putting it really in the focus with uh, suggesting that babies could be added, I, you know, maybe that is finally the turning point. But we will uh, continue to talk well, about and it. That, very much appreciate. Yeah, go ahead. may have pushed people too far in which they go, whoa, 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 there's no bottom to this, right? Like, so, yeah. so in, in some ways, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, they may have been a, a blessing in disguise to be so yeah. crazy with that comment. Doctor, very much appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. Thank you to you, too. It is a much longer conversation than it is, uh, you know, which is having today. But we are having it. I'll continue to have it because I think we have gone off the cliff. And I'm someone who absolutely supports someone's right to choose if they don't want to suffer with a debilitating, uh, life-threatening illness. Uh, Again, your choice. But when we're talking babies, mentally ill people, disabled people, veterans, sorry, we've lost the plot in this country.